and this is Rob Stagenborg. I am a St. Louis Blues writer with the Hockey Writers, and I'm here joined by my colleague with the Hockey Writers, Matt Eichhorn. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing great, Rob. Thanks for being here with me, and you know, I'm, uh, it's gonna, I'm great to uh, you know sit here, start talking about the Blues playoff run. Really exciting news so far. I know, but you know, it's crazy because, like you said, we had a game last night. We got a game going, you know, games going on today, and like we're all ready for hockey because we had such a struggle for the Blues to even get into this. Uh, position so we're ready to go and uh you know uh, obviously a big tall order in front of us you know what are your general thoughts number one just going into the series well I mean obviously the decks uh, it's kind of stacked against the blues right now you're going up against uh, the hottest team in hockey and the Colorado Avalanche uh President's Trophy winners you got guys like Nathan McKinnon out there that have just been killing it all season long and uh obviously uh you know the Blues are uh, struggling a little bit, uh, kind of limping into the playoffs. Uh, some injuries to some key guys uh, just coming down the stretch here uh, with David. Well, he's Braun. got the news last night about David Braun. That was, you know, that's yep. devastating. And I mean, yeah, that's your top scorer right there on the seat. Like one of his best career years, arguably. Uh, I mean, 58 points, right? 56 games. So uh, they're really going to, you know, uh, hurt uh, his loss for the first couple games. Uh, I'm not sure how when he'll be able to come back, but uh, I mean, I actually do like the Blues' chances, Rob. Uh, I'm not sure uh, about you, but I, I really think people are kind of sleeping on them. Uh, as a, I think they're a good matchup against the Avalanche. Uh, they had some back-and-forth matchups in the regular season, but I really think the Blues' defense could uh, really come in key here. So that's kind of where I'm at, too. Is like I, I, I'm not sure – I'm not confident about the defense. I'll just mm -hmm. get it out of the way right now because, again, it's not the same defense. They're, they're very young. They, they've been – very they've been exploited a lot this year so i'm sure colorado but for me there's a couple things that play uh i kind of feel like about the middle of the season the blues really started figuring out about how to play these guys and really kind of how to control their speed now again late in the season i think blues fans are a little bit lulled by the fact that they didn't have ranton in he's our mm -hmm. leading scorer you know grubauer wasn't playing you know they had a lot of they were dealing with a lot of injuries as well so i think blues fans are kind of lulled into this fact that oh well hey we beat him well you know we already beat their full team. So, but the thing that gets me is that I think the Blues are really motivated. They got a lot of hungry veterans, you know, the guys who've been in the game for a while. And I, I think those are the type of guys that always really come big in the playoffs. You know, uh, I saw a tweet today from Jerry Rutherford about Tyler Bozak. And I, I've been very public about my support of this guy. I think he is really a key player. And he is just, ever since he came back from injury, he has really been a, a quarterback for that team. You know, for me, I think he's going to be a key player. You know, obviously David Prawn, I was hoping, but he's out. So the next guy up, you know, Marco Scandella, he's a guy, he's been in the league a long time, Justin Falk. So who are some of the guys you're hoping will step up and kind of shed some of these, these dog reputations that they got? Well, I mean, I think you nailed it right there with the Tyler Bozak take. Uh, I mean, I think that's a great, uh, a great guy to, you know, focus in on. Uh, as you were saying, veteran presence, you know, he brings the physicality uh, and he can be, you know, a big spark plug for the Blues. Uh, he's not afraid, you know, come out the gates hot, put the puck on the net and, you know, really generate some offense, which is something that the Blues have really struggled with finding, you know, an offensive initiator uh, in their system. Uh, obviously, it's kind of a basic pick, but Ryan O'Reilly obviously is going to have to be huge, uh, as always, uh, you know, the captain of the team. Uh, he really leads by example. I mean, he's a textbook guy when it comes to that. The Blues really feed off of his energy and his uh, output. Um, but all in all, I think it's going to be, uh, I mean, uh, it's a cliche, but it's going to be an all-team effort here. You're going to need all hands on decks to be the team, like uh, the Avalanche, because uh, you really just you don't have any room for error here. Uh, the Blues, honestly, are going to have to win ugly. 
and uh, that's something that they know how to do but uh it's something that they're going to rely on uh, this year sure. and uh i mean uh, a big reason uh, in their big their cup run a few years ago uh it's going to be the mental ability of jordan bennington uh i feel like you know he came in he was such a you know the do i look nervous uh uber confident kind of guy but you know we haven't seen that we've seen him really like you know loses uh lose his head a couple times this year uh, he needs to really remain focused and the team's going to have to really kind of gather around him, keep him upbeat and keep him fresh, you know, make sure he believes in himself. He believes in the guys in front of him to you know, protect him. And uh, that's really the only way they're going to be able to scrape by in this series if they really want to make a push here. You know, it's kind of funny. You just said like three things that, that I definitely think are really key. And you know, Jordan Bennington obviously is going to be one. We'll talk about him plenty here in a few minutes. But, uh, you know, for me, I just think it's, you know, the neutral zone and being mm -hmm. able to control that because if they can keep the ass pinned in their defensive zone and take a lot of shots and put a lot of pressure and play that dirty hockey, I think, you know, we really have a great chance. And, and that's really suited for our game and playing heavy. And, and again, mm -hmm. McKinnon's a little banged up, a little nicked up. And, and you know, they've gone through some issues. So I think in a seven-game series, the sustained, you know, pressure of the Blues over seven games, I think really could surprise people. So I was really surprised a lot of people who have just kind of dismissed the Blues, you know, just on, on paper, just saying, oh, well, there, there's no way they can compete. So earlier in the, in the week, I was listening to a local radio interview, and believe it or not, Stu Grimson, of all people, uh, he's really high on the Blues. He really mm. sees that, you know, they're a veteran, you know, he, he, everything that, that I kind of been thinking about in terms of the veterans and stepping up and, and leading the way and being there before, yeah. you know, he really articulated that just perfectly. So I think that's going to be a factor, but one of the biggest veterans, and this is one of the things that I really want to talk to you about is Ryan O'Reilly. I mean, you talk about a guy that's going to be playing motivated against a team that gave up on him, a team mm. that, that, that just basically threw him to the wind kind of for nothing, basically. I mean, you can say not for nothing, but my point being is they gave up on him. And I sure. think that every time they play the Avs, he's a little bit motivated. I mean, what do you think about Ryan O'Reilly in this series? Oh, I, I think he's definitely a guy that plays with a chip on his shoulder. I think that everybody knows that, you know, he he's his biggest motivator, I feel. Uh, he can come out there any given night and he's, you're not going to have to, you know, coach him up. He's good to go. Uh, whereas, you know, some other guys, you know, you might need to, you know, give him a little bit more of a shake up. But, you know, he he's always ready to play. He brings his A game day in, day out, you know, hard hat mentality. Uh, up against a team like Colorado, he is going to be critical because as we were talking about, you know, sometimes the defense has been lacking, but he's going to have to be a catalyst in that, again, this whole series. You know, he's going to have the tough matchups against some of their young studs. Uh, he's going to have to really find weaknesses in their defense, you know, really, because he is a methodical player. I always find him, he's very wise in his, uh, you know, his, uh, his, his passing and his shot attempts, you know, he's not just doing something for the fact that he just feels like doing it. He's doing it because he feels that he can make an effective play uh, that, you know, could really impact the game. Uh, so I think that, you know, he's again, in every game, he's going to be one of the most important parts of the blues offense and their defense. Uh, and it's just a matter of time to see, you know, if he's able to, you know, take out a little bit of uh, his frustrations with the past and, uh, you know, exercise some demons here with the avalanche and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe uh, make their playoff journey, uh, have a couple bumps along the road. And, you know, for me, that, that his goal against the, the Avs on that Saturday, mm. Saturday afternoon, I think it was what, last Saturday afternoon, believe it or not, or, or a couple Saturday afternoons, to me was epic because the Blues were down. They just had a, had a um, they'd set a, um, <clears throat> a pattern of just getting down early in games and just really just falling apart, not being able to ever come back. So for, sure. so for him to will the, you know, will the offense to that goal, uh, to me was impressive. And to me, it was like, you know, that's the leadership that 
that I think he showed. It's it's on the ice leadership. It may not be locker room leadership, which was Petro's thing or, or whatever, but uh, I just really respected that. No, and I, I completely agree because again, <laughs> talking about you know he's really going to carry the load for the Blues in this series, and he's going to be going up against some guys who you know I, uh, on the Avalanche that they have a little bit of playoff experience, but they aren't at the same level as Ryan O'Reilly. I mean, this guy has been there; he's reached the the top of the mountain, right? You know, Con Smythe. He, he knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what it takes to win the cup. And I think that uh, I really do believe the Blues can surprise some people. And it's, it's not going to be a quick and easy series. I think uh, everyone should, you know, get that notion out of the way. Because, uh, you know, guys like Ryan O'Reilly, they're not going to let it get to that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no way the Blues are just going to quit or roll over for these guys. They're going to fight till the end. And uh, I would be shocked if this season, uh, the series ends anywhere short of six games. For me, it comes down to... Uh... The fourth lines, like, are the fourth lines producing? Are they effective? And are, are they able to kind of break the spell of the defense? I think on both sides, that fourth line is going to be, because you know the top lines are going to be there. They're dependable. You know, they're going to have their game. But that fourth line for the Blues has been a little spotty. But I'll tell you what, now with, you know, you know, with different shifts and with different personnel down there, that's been been uh, shown some improvements. So hopefully that's that's a good sign. No, 100%. Uh, I think a big part of it, you know, uh, is and we were talking with the young guys. I mean, when you have some 22-year-olds, 21-year-olds, you know, like Jordan Cairo or Robert Thomas, I mean, this could be a, a huge uh, revelation, you know, for in their game and their uh, notoriety in the NHL. I mean, one big game, one big clutch performance by one of those, you know, key guys that, you know, the Blues are looking on to in the future. I mean, that could be uh, a huge motivator to be able to look to a guy like that. And again, we were talking about him earlier that was kind of the case with Jordan Bennington. I mean, he came out of nowhere, a younger player, and, you know, he put the team on his back. Uh, obviously, it's a different situation as a goaltender, but I really do feel like some of these young guys on the Blues really could make a name for themselves here and, uh, you know, start asserting their names into the conversation of some of the top younger talent. That's a great point because, you know, the NHL especially has been, you know, what have you done in the playoffs? The whole storyline can change if you have just a mediocre season and whatever, but you score a couple of big goals, you, you've become, you know, uh, solid in the, in the playoffs. And then, boy, you, you, you name, you know, everybody wants to sign you, everybody wants a piece of you. So I definitely think a guy like Tarasenko, again, if he ended up coming back and, and again, nobody really knows that's again, the mystery, you know, that's the game they play. But uh, the fact is, is like, he is an effective scorer. And if he has on the right, line and again you know uh he's been spotty but i think in a short series like that he could be really effective so what do you think about tarasenko and what uh, impact could he have well i mean it uh he's kind of one of those guys where sometimes because you know he has battled so many of these injuries and you know his experience now with the blues i mean he's one of the better forwards in the nhl there's no if and or but when he's fully healthy tarasenko can really change the course of the game uh we just haven't seen that tarasenko in quite some time if we're being honest here uh but if you know he can really find his game he can you know get the minutes on the ice that he needs and feel comfortable and feel healthy with himself i really feel like he could be a game changer as well uh i mean he can put the puck in the net he's a physical guy he can you know he can make big plays on the defensive side of the puck uh there's no reason that i think tarasenko can impact the game but uh i want to raise this one to you rob uh how about mike hoffman because Mm. there's a guy that's, you know, he's entering in and he had a slow, sluggish start to the season. But in the last month or so, I swear the guy's just caught fire. 
Uh, you know, he's been amazing on the power play, uh, a couple goals here and there on the, on the special teams unit, which is something that's really going to be big moving sure. forward at the playoffs against a dangerous team on the, in their own regards in the avalanche on the power play. Uh, I mean, if you can get a guy like that, that, you know, kind of rejuvenate himself and start, you know, find the back of the net, because we know Hoffman's got the capabilities to do it. So what do you think about Hoffman? Well, number one, he's a top five player in top five score. And I definitely think that um, that he's definitely coming to his own this season. But again, the slow start, you know, I'm really not sure about that. And, and, you know, in in a couple other pods that I'm involved with, there's been a whole lot of discussion about. And it's interesting you bring up Mike Hoffman because it's brought up a bigger discussion about, Craig Berube. And I was going to say this for the end of the show, but let's go and get into this right now, because again, number one, I think Mike Hoffman is going to be effective if he's used right on the power play mm-hmm. or in that man advantage situation, he's killer. And, uh, you know, if he's used right, I think he's going to be very effective and really make, he's going to earn himself a big contract this playoff. Again, as we talked about players who are playing themselves in the contracts, Mike Hoffman could, has a big opportunity, but the question was, you know, did Baruby really deploy him in the right way? And again, I've, I've always kind of put uh, defended Baruby, but again, I supposedly people who know people in the room or know people who are, you know, say not, not all, everything's good with Baruby and people aren't really maybe as, as uh, marching in, in, in lockstep with what everybody thinks. What do you think of the coach? I like him, but again, you know, his style isn't for everyone. Well, you know what? I, I like to think I, I'm I'm uh, I'm only you know just uh, 22, but I got an old school mindset. I love Ruben and his game plan. I like you know being slow, not doing anything too flashy, fighting hard, not giving up in the corners, you know, going for the loose pucks. But I think that it's just the way that sports are going right now is everyone feels like they need to follow the trends. It's kind of like society; they have to follow the trends. And in hockey, it's kind of seeing thing like they if you don't have a lightning fast offense and you're not pushing the four check and you're not zipping around the ice with a five eight defenseman i mean it's it's almost seems like that it just because he his game plan and ideology doesn't fit the mold of the current danny chell a lot of people are kind of doubting on him a little bit or you know trying to push his way out which i really don't agree with because time and time again in the playoffs you have these teams that come in as offensive juggernauts and people think they're going to light the lamp and then they hit a wall they hit the wall and then it's the teams like the Blues right now that they know how to keep it going. They're not going to be changing their game. And uh, if they hit a wall, I mean, the Blues game plan is only going to become even stronger by, you know, draining the life out of the other team. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm on the same boat with you. I love Berube, and I don't really think that the Blues need to change him, especially after the success mm-hmm. they've had under his, uh, his tenure. So, uh, I mean, I hope that they, they, they don't make the move, but uh, obviously uh, maybe there are some rumblings and things that we don't know about uh, in mm-hmm. the general public. Uh, but uh, personally, I would uh, I would like to keep him around at least a few more seasons. Sure. And, you know, to me, it brings up, you know, the case of Rick Tockett. You know, I was on the Rick mm-hmm. Tockett bandwagon, and Rick Tockett was going to be great, and then the, the Coyotes fell apart and really gave the, the playoff spot to the Blues. I mean, I'll, yep. I'll take that to my grave that they, they really did give it to the Blues. But Rick Tockett's out, you know, and he short leash, you know, you're gone. So, you know, again, I think that people get, you know, as the team goes, the coach goes, and, and – that also means as a team goes, so does the goalie. Yeah, and again, yeah. Jordan Bennington has been a kind of a controversial figure, I guess, around the NHL because he is, you know, kind of cocky. Not, not kind of cocky. He is cocky. Yeah. He's somewhat flamboyant and, and gets in people's faces. But some people would say he's kind of a mediocre goalie. When you look at the stats, look at the league league leaders and look at the, the actual statistics that eh, – I mean, what every we love him, he won us a cup, but I mean, what do you sure. think? Well, I mean, it's 
it's hard to argue against those things. And uh, a personal note for me, uh, my hometown, Owen Sound, Jordan Binnington actually played for the Owen Sound attack when they won the OHL championship. And I was just a little pipsqueak in there and I was watching him and we all knew he was going to be great. And once he got his chance, finally, it was like, I was like, oh, of course, like I, I knew this. But since then, it's been kind of harder to defend him. Uh, this season, you know, he signed that big extension and, uh, it's kind of seeming like a bit of a curse for goalies right now that sign these extensions. Uh, I mean, uh, notably, I mean, you look at Sergei Bobrovsky, I mean, he signed that huge deal and he kind of dwindled off. And I mean, now he's obviously picked his game up a little bit with Florida you know, kind of excelling, but Bennington has really not lived up to that so far. And, uh, I mean, part of what, I guess it's an excuse, but for me, I feel like a big part of it is there's two big factors. One that having Huso as the backup hasn't gone quite to plan. I mean, Finnington's had a lot of the workload on him. Uh, and I think that honestly, after the past two years, just being such a workhorse for the blues, I do think it's starting to catch up on his body. Uh, I think having a deep playoff run could even almost be a negative for Bennington at this point. Uh, I think that an off season where he can really recoup and just take some time to get himself going could be something that he might need. And then the other thing I think is people don't, really talk about it as much but the blues have are a repeat offender when it comes to turnovers in their own zone uh <laughs> if you look yeah if you look at some of these goals bennington lets in i mean what do you expect the guy to do uh mm -hmm. when you turn it over and it's an instant two on none i mean mm -hmm. you can't really expect too much so i do think sometimes when people put out the numbers and i feel like that for a lot of goalies mm -hmm. goalies you kind of need the eye test because you can't put everything to numbers like you could have a 3.0 uh, goals against average but you know you don't even have a blue liner in front of you half the time sure. so I do think it's something that needs to be looked at a little bit more uh but yeah Bennington's really gonna have to prove himself this playoff series mm -hmm. if he wants to you know keep his name in there as a top goalie and you know not mm -hmm. want to push his way out into you know the territory of uh, forgotten contracts so the thing with me is and again you know I, I obviously I appreciate what he did in 2019 okay mm -hmm. let's get that out of the way but 2019 was two years ago, and I'm a, I'm a guy that lives in the now, and I just, you know, hey, thanks for what you've done for me lately. And to me, I feel like, you know, some of these outbursts were like theatrics, like, okay, here's Jordan Bennington, you know, being being Jordan Bennington or whatever. You know, to me, again, I'm not a guy that, that really gets so geeked up about hockey fights either. I feel like they start yeah. the game, usually it's two guys dancing, they're not even really fighting, and, you know, just whatever, just is like a real distraction for me. You know, again, I get it. That's not the game of hockey, how people love yeah. fights. But same thing with Jordan Bennington. It's like, okay, you know, every season he'll have these sort of meltdowns. We'll have these sort of, I'm going to challenge the other goalie and kind of get this old school flair about him. But, um, you know, I think he knows the pacing of the season. I think he knows when to push the buttons, when not to. Those incidents were early in the year and the team really did need somebody to kind of pick him up. So I don't fault him for that. But I think it, it looked like he was a big hot dog. And a lot of yeah. people are like, who is this guy? Well, he's only got two years in the league, you know? So I don't know. I worry about that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were touching on it there. I mean, when uh, he had that meltdown against the Sharks, I had no idea. I thought he lost his mind, <laughs> to be quite frank. I was, I couldn't believe it because he had just let in a horrible goal. I mean, there was no other way to say it. It was a rip from almost the blue line, uh, I believe it was Vander Kane. And then he just went and stormed off like sucker punching guys. He's getting in Devin Dubnik's face, who, I don't know if he wants to be trying to scrap with Devin Dubnik either. Uh, mm -hmm. Guy's a little bit bigger than him, but uh, I just, it, it seems almost disingenuous because he's just doing these things, skating away. Like obviously he's trying to maybe get under their skin, but it's hard to tell if, you know, what's a facade and what's not. Sure. 
Well, you know what? I'm gonna we're gonna wrap it up here again. We're mad. Appreciate your time here again. We're we're just a uh, couple guys from the hockey riders talking blues hockey as we get ready for the playoff game tomorrow. So I'm gonna do something different. Rather than put you on the spot and ask you who's gonna win the series, we're just gonna take it game by game. Game one, who do you you know what do you expect and who do you think is gonna come out? I think game one, I'm going to give it to a a big upset. I think the Blues. I'm even gonna give you a score right here, three two in overtime, a classic mm -hmm. hockey score. I think the Blues are going to come out and really surprise some people. They're going to drain them defensively. But uh, I think it's going to be a different story The game two. If we're going game by game, I think that uh, the Avalanche are probably going to come out swinging in game two and have a bit of a blowout. Sure. I, you know what? I'm kind of thinking it's going to be in Colorado. Uh, you know, this whole thing with the altitude, I'm not really sure what that is. I know that I don't do well a couple of times I've been out there. So I think Colorado is going to take them. Uh, I think the Blues are going to come down 0-2, and it's going to be an uphill mm -hmm. battle. But, again, if they're a grinding team, if they're the team that can do it, I mean, they could reel off, you know, uh, four in a row or a couple. I mean, they could do it. But, again, I'm just going to take that game one. I think it's going to be tough for them to get adjusted, and uh, Colorado's going to be amped up to ready to play. So, you know, 100%. It could go either way. Yeah. So, so Matt, as we go through the playoffs, I'd like to just say, you know, let's, you know, try to hook up and do a couple more podcasts uh, after the games or whatever, and uh, kind of let our fans know what's going on. So appreciate you coming on. Hey, no problem. Whenever you want me here, Rob, I'm there. Good deal. I'm going to put you on hold and we'll continue on. Okay. Forever.